0: The Phillies are headed to the National League Championship Series, second year in a row. New opponent, the Arizona
1: Diamondbacks. Let's talk about it, Jeff Mosher. Let us talk about it for the second year in a row. You know what my favorite phrase is? Frank, history has a habit of repeating itself. And boy has it. Not only did the Phillies beat the Braves in a very similar style to last year, but now they're going to play a team that beat the Dodgers to right to sort of sneak their way into the National League Championship Series, this being the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, which is probably more of a surprise than the Padres last year. But still, I think you thought whoever came out of that series was going to be facing the Dodgers and will not be. Uh, and I have some interesting thoughts when we get into that Arizona Diamondbacks series, uh, because I, I, I'm not like nervous, but I think that there are some advantages the Diamondbacks will have that the Braves didn't have, I guess.
0: So let's talk about the Braves series first, because yeah. obviously a lot of people are calling this an upset. Uh, lots of talk about the disadvantage, quote unquote, that the division winners that got the bye supposedly
1: had. Uh, are you surprised they took down the Braves? Uh, I'm not surprised. You know, I mean, how could we be? We talked about this in the last two pods. You know, I think that by the end of the year, the Phillies were playing really well. They had hit cruise control. If you looked at the records of the two teams after something like April 30th, or even after May, they weren't that far apart. But the biggest reason I felt going into the series that the Phillies had a huge advantage—well, two things: one, home field advantage, we already know is is such a huge factor for the Phillies. Two, it was all about to me the, those starters after the top guys. You know, Bryce Elder, uh, not Bryce, yeah, Bryce Elder and, and Freed, who is a good pitcher, but not to me one of those classic postseason dominate-you type pitchers. I I thought the Phillies had the better rotation and the better bullpen. And in the playoffs, that matters. You know, the Braves found that out in the 90s when they didn't have good back-end bullpen guys. They had much better starting pitching, but they had trouble closing out games. Um, This time, you know, for all that offense, all that offense, all that offense, they couldn't get Phillies batters out because they just didn't have good enough pitching pitching and defense
0: supposedly wins in the playoffs right and, and so yeah, the Braves Phillies... have that
1: defense I'll tell you that that center fielder man he or if not for him that the Braves might have gotten worse
0: <laughs> yeah Michael Michael Harris the second is a slick slick fielding uh, center fielder there and it's yeah bumps uh, Acuna who's a nice fielder in his own right to, to right field so they they do have a pretty nice pretty nice outfield defense but you know, it just it just seems like, yeah, as you were just saying, that the Braves just ran out of gas, uh, you know, so maybe winning those hundred games, uh, 104, I guess it was exactly right. Yeah. Uh, winning all those games, the Braves burned out the, the, the pitchers that they had. I, you know, uh, it, was, it was an interesting stat that was circulating yesterday, and and I'm sure I'm I'm sure I don't have right who originated. I saw Matt Winkleman posting it uh, earliest, but. But Strider just didn't pitch as well after, after four days rest, which is the normal major league starter rest. Now, were the, were the Braves trying to space him out? I don't, I don't really, I have to, I'd have to go back and look. Uh, I don't know if they skip starts so that, that or pushed them back a day and use other starters, but, but really they had Spencer Strider and that was it. And,
1: uh, not that he was bad either time. Uh, Phillies, Phillies were able to eke it out. Yeah. You know, the thing with Strider, Frank that I've noticed now watching him a few times is that he is a tremendous power pitcher, um, but he, A, he, he does not either have or use. I think he has the changeup, but he really is a two-pitch pitcher. He's a fastball slider pitcher. And when he throws a fastball, uh, yeah, he can get, we saw, you can get it to 99-100, but I don't think it has a whole lot of movement on it. And I think guys like veteran guys like Castellanos and Harper and Trey Turner, they were timing it up and cheating a little bit with their swing because they knew that there's no tail action to the fastball. He has a, a, his slider of course moves because it's a slider, but it's not one that sort of dances all across the, you wouldn't call it a sweeper. It's more of your traditional hard slider. Um, kind of like the one Hoffman threw to, to uh, uh, Riley, uh, you know, in game two. So and listen, he's a tough pitcher, but I just think that if you know fastballs coming, you know fastballs coming, and you're good, at, you're good, like the Phillies are, um, then you can get one or two shots in, and certainly Castellanos did, and Turner did, and throughout the series, I think that that was really key for the Phillies batters. So
0: let's talk then about how the Phillies got through the game. So Ranger Suarez, he was allowed to go
1: five innings this time. He looked pretty darn good. You know what? I, I don't. I don't want to call him Braves Kryptonite, although you could start to. But I mean, in the same vein that I was talking about Phillies bats versus Strider, right? The the Braves bats, they are clearly looking to like they're power guys. They want to yank everything out of the ballpark, and that's why they had maybe the most impressive offense ever in Major League Baseball history. And you could you you saw it early, both games, right? You saw the type of swings, Albies especially, pop ups out in front off balance that's what ranger suarez does the best and frankly ranger didn't do that a whole lot throughout the year right he struggled with that outside command i thought he got a couple of generous pitch calls from the home plate umpire starting with the first batter of the game so that was that was helpful but you know guys like Olson, they were try and maybe they were tight frank but they were trying to yank that ball out and they were trying to hit it three miles but that's not the approach that you're supposed to take with ranger suarez you got to be patient Ranger Suarez, you got to make him throw you, you know, find the zone, throw your strikes. And they were out in front of a lot of pitches two times.
0: Yeah. And Ranger uh, doesn't walk anyone. And right, exactly. the, Braves, the Braves on the day, they only had five hits, which is, which is kind of fascinating, right? So, yeah. uh, I mean, led by Ranger, of course. But well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about what who followed Ranger. So, Philly's got a couple outs from, from uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez, although he had the quick hook. Uh, you know, they went to they went to Alvarado uh after two outs the moment he allowed a hit. Uh and so it, it was kind of interesting there. It looks like the way they set up the bullpen after after that sixth inning or in including that sixth inning was, all right, let's let's shut them down now. Yeah. And so you actually found <laughs> it was a little at the end, you know, that they had uh I was really shocked to see Strom come out, uh, with it, to face, uh, to face those, uh, righties at the end of the game. And he ends up getting the job done. But that was, uh, I thought for sure he would go Kirkering as we were talking about, uh, the other day. You know, we thought that he would go, uh, you know, of, of the righties in the back end, I he, he might would go prioritize. Hoffman. Yeah. Or Hoffman,
1: right? So, but yeah. he, they, they, they stick with Strom. What did you think about that? Uh, I gotta tell you, um, Topper has pushed a lot of right buttons but I'm not sure that this is a lightning strike. I'm not going to criticize him. Everything move he made, he worked. But I don't like to also criticize a process just because it worked, because it doesn't work every time. I I did not like Soto in the game there in the – um, what? That would be the – He came in day. in the eighth to get the last yeah, down. I, I would they have didn't actually, have to bring him out for the ninth. Right. I would have actually gone Strom there. If they wanted the left-hander, right, I would have gone Strom there. I think that's when Olsen was up, right? Um. Or, no, that was the Acuna at bat where he flew out the center, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would probably go on Strom there and then come back, let him get the first out of the ninth. Strom against the left hander and then try to get the righties with Hoffman or with Kirkring. Probably Hoffman because I just you know I'm not going to hold one pitch against him from game two. Um, I I really don't like Soto in high leverage situations, and he showed you why. Uh, that was really dicey there with with all those walks. Um, so. It worked. I don't know why he wouldn't go have gone to Hoffman there. He's been their most dominant right-handed, high leverage reliever all year long, and maybe he'll have a different approach against the Diamondbacks. So uh, we all won't have to have a heart attack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, it was just yeah. It seemed like counting down those final outs just took a little longer uh, yesterday. But yeah, um, did you have any doubts along the way? Did you think that that game was in in their hands from the start?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Um, if you know, obviously the Braves go up one nothing, right? And that was key. Riley hits a home run, but I I felt when they responded immediately with the Castellanos home run, I felt pretty good about it. I kind of thought Strider was going to tire down because he throws so hard, he was on four days' rest, and his numbers are not good on four days' rest. He did not tire down, he was still he left that game. Throwing ninety nine to hundred, and I think he threw his glove through a through a brick wall when he got taken out of that game. Um, but I, I, there were some tense moments, obviously when when the Alvarado lost control of the strike zone and Kimbrell comes in and he can't throw strikes. That 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 stuff bugs me, Frank, because you, at that point you've got, I know it's the Braves, but you've got a three to one lead, and the one thing you can't do is just walk Braves that you, mm. theoretically. And that's what they did, and that 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 bothered me. So it gave me some tense moments. But I do feel like once when Castellanos hit that moonshot, I felt really good about from then on out. I just knew it was going to be a long, like last nine outs. You know, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, <laughs> it's funny. Before he
0: came up there, I, I actually said like, "Oh, it'll be nice if he hits a big tying home run here, like he did yesterday." And then, what do you know? <laughs> it's and by the way. Does his kid ever go to school? <laughs> I mean, it's hey. nice that it's nice that he's with with uh, with his dad all the time, but uh, yeah. I, I think they need to hire a uh, tutor for uh, so October. Liam's you know, luck or, charm. he's a good luck charm. He <laughs> or homeschool, to... him, uh, homeschool him on the road, I guess. Uh, but, <laughs> but but yeah, no, it seems to it seems to really really uh, fire up dad, you know, and yeah, uh, he's like ready to to have that big moment for his son, and and and, and was isn't it great after you know Castianos. Of course, carries the team, gets them through until you know the, everybody returns. Uh, you know, yeah. if it wasn't for Cassianos, the Phillies, the Phillies aren't hanging in there uh, along the way in the first half. He has a slower second half. a man, he is he is something. Batted three ninety <laughs> one with a one point four four zero OPS.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's quite uh, the that's
0: quite the postseason so far for. <laughs> for I, think, I think the
1: term "locked in" applies to to Nick Cassianos right now. Um, And it's really good to see after how locked out he was last year. There are some really big differences from this Phillies team to last year's Phillies team. Um, Starting with Castellanos, right. His ability to, to, to really carry them offensively at times. And then I would say finally, you know, the the money they're paying Trey Turner is now worth every single penny, not just because he's been an offensive force since the standing ovation, but you look at the plays that he has made in the field. I know game two, I was critical of him. You, you can't make that error. You can't let the ball bounce off your glove. He came back and it on himself. He made a ton of plays, even some plays that, you know, weren't in critical moment, just his awareness, you know, pop up in the shallow left. He's there. He's a really, really plus shortstop. And I don't know if like Gene Segura is playing there or Dede Gregorius, or if you've got, Another change, right? If you've got Odubo Herrera or uh, Mickey Moniak in center, I mean, the Phillies have come so far from just the start of last year with their up the middle defense. That that's a big reason why they are who they are. I I honestly think when you compare the Phillies and Braves, Frank, forget the number of wins. Like the Phillies are as talented, if not more talented, in many areas.
0: Yeah, go go in position by position. I mean, obviously, you would give you you might give. Acuna over, over Castellanos, but that doesn't yeah. mean that Castellanos is anything to, to, to laugh at and, and center right. field. You know what? I, I might want to pick Rojas over Harris. Uh, you know, I think he's better defender and I don't think there's that much difference in the offense. Go to left. You, you, you could, if you go around the, the diamond, even, even like the Riley over Boehm. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's clearly Riley, but you know, it's not like. It's, it's the Phillies got nothing out of the position, right? So yeah, you're probably probably not wrong there, right? Phillies. No, you got a pretty beat. big
1: gulf between Schwarber and whatever you whatever you want to call Kevin Pilar or or um or or Rosario. That's another thing. The Braves bench that that they hurt the seven eight nine really hurt them. The Braves they, they had sure this great did. offense, but they just there's nothing scary about any of their, their seven eight or nine hitters.
0: Yeah, you know, including including Mr. Arcia, who uh, yeah. <laughs> attaboy got, got a lot of attention uh this 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 uh postseason here thanks to those those attaboy comments so uh but he ends up uh he ends up batting 154 in this series uh against the phillies oh for two last night and he's lifted for a pinch hitter so it, so it's uh yeah and then harris they lifted for a pinch hitter Darno, uh all and uh so that 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 got kind of when I'm watching that unfold, that threw the Braves really into flux. You know, that they end up like needing two players to, to replace positions and yep. um just, just, just at the end desperate to try to get the get something out of that last last little bit. And and Pilar hitless uh in that series too, you know. So he did get the start in left field but uh made other appearances. But uh yeah, I it feels like he's been around forever, but uh <laughs> he yeah. was, he might be the one and I was just saying this yesterday, uh with Josh Hennig, the 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 Braves don't have seasoned winners yet. You know that it's like, I thought that was another advantage the Phillies had going into yesterday that the Phillies had won, at mm-hmm. least the, the, the pennant last year who on the Braves has actually won anything. Right.
1: Uh, that's a, that's a really good point. Who on the Braves has won anything. Um,
0: now, no, Pilar no. is probably it—the only one that has real postseason experience. He's he appeared in the postseason yeah. a couple times in the mid 2010s with the, with with the with the Blue Jays, right? But who else? I no, mean, even among the big ones, right?
1: Yeah, there's not a championship pedigree there. I, I listen. I think it really hurt them. To be very fair, it really hurt them not to have Charlie Morton.
0: Oh yeah, big and, time, big time.
1: That, I mean, the, the whole—I mean, you replaced Charlie Morton with Bryce Elder and you may have a five game series here just just the reality of it um it's true but that's not that to me is a better and more logical reason for the Braves losing than the whole well the whole layoff thing I, you know i the layoff thing everybody wants to 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 focus on the disadvantage that the Braves or or the um the Dodgers had or anybody else right who lost but they're not focusing on the advantages that the layoff gave the Braves the, the the Phillies had to face Strider twice, the Braves had to Correct. face Ranger Suarez twice. That should have been <laughs> advantage Atlanta. And I love Ranger Suarez, but the Phillies only got to throw Zach Wheeler out once and Nola out once. They got they got Strider twice, so they had advantages to having that layoff, and and they had opportunities. Nobody told Kevin Polari shouldn't have gone home on that wild pitch from Kimbrel. That was his own decision. He didn't think he could make it, or he got scared. Like I, I, I get that. There's a line that people want to draw because it happened to the Dodgers. It happened to the Braves. But the, the Astros had the 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 first round by or the the whatever off, and you know they're in their seventh consecutive ALCS. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: I think that speaks to their winning pedigree too. You know, like yes. I think they were, they were also more tuned to, to, to make, uh, to make a run. But by the way, I, that's going to be really nice ALCS. I'm, I hope I can watch a lot of that. I know I'll be busy with the Phillies and Diamondbacks, but, uh, mm-hmm. but that's going to be an intense ALCS. I, I think the Rangers are really good too. I, I would pick, I would pick the Rangers over the, the, uh, the Astros right now, the way that they're playing. So that's, I that's totally- one I really want to see play out.
1: Yeah, I told a friend of mine before the playoffs started, and we were really talking about the Phillies, I said, there's one thing that really scares me, right, about making it to the World Series again and having to face a certain AL team, and I said, Bochy. I said, (laughs) I don't want to see Bochy in the World Series, please don't, and he goes, can we just get past the Braves first, you know, and I said, I get it, I get it, but uh, I I don't like looking ahead and seeing Bochy there, so I don't. I don't know if it's better to say bring on the Houston Astros either, especially with the Diamondbacks still in the way here. But either way, I'll be having a close eye on that one.
0: Yeah. Well, one more thing I want to talk about before we move. We move before we move forward, to just take sure. a quick look ahead, we'll, we'll do a bigger breakdown of the NLCS next week. But, but uh, Alec Boehm batting fourth. I was a little surprised that that Castellanos wasn't wasn't batting there uh, behind behind Harper.
1: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because I completely agree. It's funny. I texted a friend. I texted you that. And I texted another friend of that friend that right. And then when Castellanos hit that home run, he said, I hope you screenshotted that. I, I'm really surprised. I know Topper can be very faithful with his lineup, but it this to me was not about sticking with like, someone who struggled you know it, to me it was more about strategy it was pretty clear going into this game that you should have expected that the Braves were not going to pitch to Bryce Harper if they could avoid it right and you saw that he gets intentionally walked first inning so if you know that they're not going to pitch to Harper and they're going to probably put him on base you've got to have a hot bat behind Harper and if let's be fair if Nick Castellanos was batting fourth th- in this game the the Phillies probably would have been up five one six one after three or four because Boehm left four guys on base in his first two at bats mm-hmm. and Castellanos was hitting the ball out of the ballpark. So I think it, I I would like to uh, think that Topper will have seen that and make an adjustment uh, for the next for the Diamondback series. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's just take a quick quick look at that series. So. You know, I think going into the playoffs period, as as we were looking at who the Phillies might face in the wild card, kind of the thought was, hey, the Phillies line up better against the Diamondbacks than they did the Marlins. And then what do you know? It ended up being the Marlins. So do the Phillies line up nicely against this Diamondbacks team?
1: I think they do, Frank. I mean, I mean, they just beat the best team in baseball. Right. So as far as player to player. Yes. I think they do. Um, you know, the the even the the pitching of the Diamondbacks, while it's been pretty good this year, guys like Merrill Kelly, I don't I don't think they have a ton of like power arms, if I'm not mistaken, right? I mean, Ke- Kelly's not a guy who's going to throw you 99, 100, the way the way Strider does. Um, who's their other pretty good? Gallon, same thing. Yeah, yeah Gallon
0: and Gallon and Kelly, they're the two that they have. Yeah. Basically, the two that they have.
1: Right. Right, They're good pitchers, don't get me wrong. Um, they can get you off balance, but they're not going to dial it up. You're not going to see them throwing 106 inning like you saw Strider. So I think that, that helps the Phillies. But one thing that I think that they won't be, the Diamondbacks, they will not be tight. I think that they've got that whole, hey, nobody thought we were going to be here. We're not the Braves who felt the pressure of being, you know, you didn't do it last year, you came back, you won 100-some-odd 100 games, 104 games. Now you, it's your turn to win. That you got to show. I I think the Diamondbacks are a loose bunch, and you know they'll they're young. Corbin Carroll's a young player. They may kind of get like they may think the whole crowd here in Philly is pretty cool, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the Braves, who probably just the Braves to me wanted no part of Philadelphia. I, it, that was pretty clear.
0: Yeah, well, so he says to me. I'm looking at I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that rotation that the Diamondbacks have or don't have uh <laughs> beyond beyond Gallen and Kelly who are going to match up nicely again you know they'll pitch they'll pitch right up against Wheeler and, and Nola right yeah. so you know you're going to have some some good good uh, starts there but uh, Brandon Fott was the number 3 in this round and made two starts so he only pitched 7 innings total and mm-hmm. didn't have that great a regular season either so the, you know I think that I think that he is he's there because they needed somebody to throw to throw third, but I I don't know what they plan to do to like for the fourth start. I mean the Phillies will obviously come with start with Suarez. Right. They've got a few options. I mean they could they could use any combination of Walker and and Sanchez Lorenzen if they wanted, but I don't know who the I don't know who the Diamondbacks are going to throw out there in a game four. It was basically fought for three innings and then a bullpen game his two starts this this round.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the pitching advantage does definitely favors the Phillies, especially when you get to the bullpen. Also, I think now I'm trying to check. I thought Seawald kind of struggled when he got traded there from Seattle, and at one point was was either losing their closers role or they were had to go somebody else. I just to go check his uh his numbers.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was that was an interesting whole situation there. <laughs> like yeah, trading your August closer, getting a new right. one. Yeah, yeah he, did, he, did,
1: he did. He did okay.
0: I mean, he, he had a three five seven ERA as the closer. He uh he only blew two saves uh in in uh, fifteen opportunities for okay. the, for the time. Just see right. in
1: August, he had a four six six ERA and a one point eight WHIP. Uh, he did a little bit better in September. He did a lot better in September. I should yeah. Say. So yeah, okay, he settled in after that trade.
0: Yeah, a strange trade among contenders, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but but so they've got they've got the closer, but you know I don't, I don't know if any of the other relievers in that bullpen really really makes one wary. And it looks like they're going to be pitching a lot uh, on the third and fourth start day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, games one and two, I think you got head to head, you know, Gallon versus Wheeler and Kelly versus Nolo, which is a great matchup. Uh, yeah. But I will add, they are right-handed pitchers, uh, and you know, the Phillies lefty bats tend to, to line up a lot nicer against right-handed pitchers. Even Brandon Fott is a right-handed pitcher.
1: Yeah. And the good thing is it feels like the left-handed hitters for the Phillies probably go into the series saying, all right, it's, it's it's a little bit our turn now. I mean, we just watched Trey Turner and um, Nick Castellanos kind of power us. Of course, Harper had some big big shots, but he always does. But it was not a particularly strong series for Kyle Schwarber. Right, you'd like to see him come back and come through, and Bryson Stott too. I thought had some atypical at bats for for Bryson Stott, especially after that red hot first round that he had against the Marlins. So uh, I would look for those two guys to sort of come out of it here against the Diamondbacks.
0: And the Diamondbacks, they do have some nice, nice, nice offensive players. I mean, even their catcher Definitely. Gabriel Moreno, three home runs yep. in the in the DS. Uh, he was, he, they got him and Lourdes Goriel. They got two of their starters in that trade for Dalton Varsho last offseason. So that turned out to be a really nice trade for the Diamondbacks. I mean, sure. I mean, Varshaw is a nice player. Varsho's is a very nice player, but, but man, to get two starting players, you, you know, Varsho clearly wasn't going to land, stay a catching, uh, position. He ended up in the outfield. Uh, mm-hmm. but they, they got the replacement catcher and, <laughs> and Lourdes Goriel in that deal. So, uh, yeah. so, and uh, by the way, Tommy Pham, who I didn't necessarily want the Phillies to get, uh, he's been having a really nice uh run with the Diamondbacks as well. So yep. uh, Tommy Pham uh you know had a had a decent uh postseason so far. Yeah, one mm-hmm. home run, three batting 318, 803 OPS. So uh and his career numbers in the postseason are pretty good too. So I mean I I, th- I you know I almost think this 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 uh Diamondbacks offense has the potential to do much more than the Braves uh didn't do this off this last series.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. And don't forget, like we were talking about um, having some kind of the Braves not having a whole lot of championship pedigree, right? And I don't know, you know, a guy like Longoria, he didn't win a championship, but he was certainly in the World Series. Do you believe he's still NBA. playing? Uh, I don't. <laughs> well, I do because I remember him playing against the Phillies earlier this year and he hit a home run. Um, he's actually had a pretty decent, I think, year for a guy his age and didn't he just have a didn't he have a couple of big hits uh, in that against the Dodgers?
0: Yeah, he had a couple. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's what we're talking about. You have a guy who's been he's been under the biggest lights. He's played in the World Series before. So, and Christian Walker is a guy who's not going to come to Philadelphia and be surprised, right? He's from the area, so he's another guy who's probably going to look at the Phillies crowd and be like, "All right, I dig it. This is yeah." It, Walker and Galland, right? I mean, and Gallen, two right, two, of two
0: local Philly guys, right? Uh, right. By the way, Longoria did did get hit by a pitch and exited the game on Game Two. Uh, he but he played Game Three, so he should go. be all right. But uh, but yeah, but it's 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 uh it's amazing that it, I guess he's the last active player from the 2008 World Series. He's got to be right.
1: <laughs> so, oh my God, half these guys are yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would think so. lot well, of them
0: are like in their fifties at this point now. I mean, well, <laughs> Jamie Dolphins Moyer, he was like sixty now, but <laughs> right <laughs> now he is 38 years old. Uh, turned 38 this month, so.
1: Yeah, the Uptons are gone, right? I mean, they're not playing playing baseball anymore. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there was one <laughs> other Oh, did we talk about they have Kettle Marte, right?
0: He's yeah, a, oh yeah, Marte, good, really nice player.
1: He's a good player. Yeah, this is a good team too. Um and I and I definitely think that there's something to the fact that they will not be tight, Frank. I mean, I I'm not saying that they're going to come in here and win in three or four games or even win, but I, I don't know that they're going to struggle to hit the ball. The way the Braves were, I, the Braves—it felt like they were trying to hit every ball seven hundred miles. It's like they were trying to win the series with every swing.
0: Yeah, I agree with you there, but they—they, they, but this team should be looser. So I think this, uh, to me, I think this is going to be a battle. You know, the Philly, the Phillies obviously had a had a big offensive explosion on in uh, uh, against uh, the 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 combo start of of Strider and uh, not Strider. Excuse me. I'm just doing what you just did, uh, Elder. <laughs> and smith Chauver. Uh I, I i can see uh i can see a slugfest against the not starters in games three and four working to the phillies advantage here
1: yeah i was getting a laugh by the way about um they, they were sort of saying in the broad, broadcast on getting game three when smith shaver came in and he got a few outs and the broadcast was trying to insinuate well maybe brian Snitker made the the wrong decision here, and should have went with the hot shot rookie over the struggling elder. And then, literally the next inning, Trey Turner comes up and homers off Shawver. Then somebody else comes up and homers off. I think Castellanos did. And by the end of the game, it was like it doesn't matter who the Phillies were starting that day, as long as the guy wasn't named Freed or Elder. I mean, Freed or Strider, they were gonna wind up, you know, smacking the ball all over the yard.
0: Yeah, I I kind of felt bad for Smith Schauer because it it got to a certain point where he was clearly the sacrificial lamb. Like, okay, yeah. you got to get us to the end so we can have our bullpen tomorrow. You know, <laughs> so yeah. he, did, he, he ended he up the... not making it through the end of the game, but but you know, he was uh, he was kind of thrown out there and let to uh, let to get eaten up by the Phillies bats. <laughs> yeah, he was <laughs> so... the
1: Dave Robertson of the series. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I like the way Robertson was for the Marlins. <laughs> All right, uh, so
0: we'll we'll check back so, next week, yeah, Jeff, no. and and. There's there's more baseball, so the, the offseason continues, Phillies in the NLCS. Should be a good series.
1: I can't wait.
0: All right, we'll catch you next time. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. This has been the Powder Blue Podcast.